Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Sports Stuff. I'm not even a fan. I'm your host, Wim Lou, speaking to you after the Raptors put up their most disappointing defensive performance of the year. Um, you know, at least when they got washed by Boston last weekend, uh, it was understandable in the sense that the Boston Celtics are really, really good. And Celtics just beat the uh, Sixers, by the way, for a little revenge. Uh, obviously, we know how good the Celtics are. By the way, the Raptors playing the Celtics uh, on Friday. So, um, <clears throat> it's a tough, tough, tough opponent to be seeing right now. But listen, the Raptors playing defense like this is not going to be enough to beat anybody in the league. Not, nobody. And the Raptors lucked out today. They didn't get to see Giannis Adenokounmpo, which, uh, you know, obviously is going to change a lot for the Bucks. And the Bucks still have a lot of talent. Um, they still have, obviously, Damian Lillard. They still have other guys as part of a championship core that, you know, can step up and do things. But, the Raptors gave him 128, so they lost 128 to 112. Um, the Raptors gave him 128 points, including giving up the full 100 points through three quarters. Uh, was just inexcusable. There, there is no excuse for this, and you saw it early and you saw it often, where the Bucks got out to a 36 to 21 lead in the first quarter. Like they just could not execute a simple trap against Damian Lillard. And I'm not saying that it is simple to trap Damian Lillard. I'm not saying that it's simple to trap him. But at the same time, the scheme is what it is. Like, they're not asking them to do something they can't do, right? We're not asking them to make 23s, right? Because we know the Raptors are struggling on threes in general. They're not a good three-point shooting team. We're not asking them to, you know, dunk the ball every single time and just jump over guys. You know, that's not what we're asking for. We're asking for the bare minimum in terms of just play execution, just defensively trap Damian Lillard. Because, look, it doesn't take a genius to figure out that if Giannis is not playing in this game, you want to throw extra attention at Damian Lillard. And I can't tell you the number of times I've seen in this game where Damian Lillard split a double team, drove around a double team, got downhill against no double team, uh, drew a foul at the basket. I mean, like, he barely had to come in in the fourth quarter. Because of the fact that the Bucs just got out to such a huge lead. And it's not like the Bucs were hitting every shot or the Bucs were playing amazing basketball throughout. They weren't. Like, I'm not even going to try to give them that kind of credit because it was that easy for Dame. It was ridiculous watching the Raptors co- try to corral Dame. And this is a matchup where the Raptors have played Dame really well over the years. Um, some of it is playing the, the, the Trailblazers. But honestly, when you look at this roster, it's not entirely different than what the Raptors may have faced with Dame on the Trailblazers. And last year, Raptors beat the Trailblazers twice, and they did a great job on Dame the whole time. This game, I, I don't understand what the Raptors, what, what was so difficult for the team to figure out how to execute their defense, right? And again, I'm not saying that you're going to stop a top 75 Hall of Famer um, from scoring or from creating uh, offense. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about breakdowns, though. It's just comical. There's one play in the first quarter where Dame literally beat all five Raptors defenders uh, for on his way to for a layup. Like it, it, it cannot be that easy for anyone, even a player as great as Dame. And I'm not saying that Dame needed to, you know, pull out his best stuff, but man, it, it was just so easy to cut through the Raptors' defense. And listen, this is a team where the calling card is defense, right? Um, I understand that you don't have OG Anobi. Well, guess what? OG wasn't going to be guarding Dame. OG can't be the difference between, you know, this type of effort defensively, this type of execution defensively, and uh, and and what we actually, you know, typically see with OG on the floor. Like, you know, uh, uh, you could say OG improves the defense. There's no doubt about that. But 
what you really needed to see was the Raptors actually falling through and playing together as a group. And defensively, it was just shocking to me. Like, I, I actually think that this is their worst defensive performance. At least against the, the Celtics, they had the kind of firepower. The, the resistance that they put up today was just inexcusable. Inexcusable. And I, I don't care to think about, okay, Malik Beasley hit eight threes, and he was, like, literally twerking on the court. After hitting a three to put the Bucks up like, I don't know, 20 or 30, it doesn't even matter. Or I care more about the fact that it was Dame getting downhill over and over and over again. There's no excuse for him getting 18 field goal attempts in 31 minutes. There's no excuse for him getting 16 free throw attempts in 31 minutes. There's no excuse for him getting 13 assists in 31 minutes. The game plan was to trap him. And when you watch back on the film, when you watch back on the highlights of this game, just see what, don't watch Dame getting downhill and doing whatever he wants. Watch the Raptors defensively and just see how they will just fail to corral him over and over and over and over again. And I just don't understand it. I really don't. I mean, like you could say they came out lethargic. Um, I mean, okay. But like you would have thought the game against Washington would be a bit of a wake up call. Like they played as badly as possible through three quarters. And just because of the fact that the Washington wizards are this deeply unserious team that led the, you know, uh, left the opportunity for the Raptors to complete that comeback and whatever coming out from 23 is great. So what? You're now going to try the next day to come back from 33, which is how much they were down against the Bucks. Like, just shameful stuff, really. And and again, it comes down to basic execution. Nobody is being asked to do things that they physically can't do, but like they just were not there. And and I cannot tell you the amount of times Dame got downhill. Like it it, it just it's outrageous to me. And of course, like the other guys got some scoring as well. Like they're good players, right? Like Chris Middleton playing 20 minutes would knock down some mid-range jumpers. You'll live with 11 points of five and nine shooting. Like, okay, yeah, he's good, but you know, you'll live with that. Brooke Lopez was in the paint the whole game, seven blocks. That's some, that's some bad reads on offense. I'll get to that in a second, but you know, it's not like he was killing you offensively. You know, Malik obviously had a lot of scoring, but like he had a lot of points the last time the Raptors played as well. Right, he he's going to be a guy who can really knock down threes. It's up to you to continue dribble penetration in the first place, so that um, you know the Bucks don't get so many open threes from Malik Beasley to the point where Malik Beasley of all people is twerking on you. Like, man, that's I, I, I just it's just it's nasty to watch. You know, um, you know Bobby Portis coming on the bench and, and doing some damage. Like he's an opportunistic scorer. Like he but he's a good scorer. Like eighteen from him is not too big of a surprise. You know, but again, I just cannot stress this enough how badly the Raptors executed. Their number one piece, I'm sure Darko, I'm sure the coaching staff, I'm sure that's all they did was, you know, talk about this in practice yesterday, talk about this in shoot around today. And who knows, maybe they were preparing for Giannis and then Giannis becomes unavailable and you got to adjust. But even before the game, the number one thing would have been how do we guard and contain uh, Damian Lillard? And they just couldn't do it all night. Like all night, it was just a futile exercise all night to the point where the Raptors ran a bunch of zone in the fourth quarter. And you don't see the Raptors run that much zone anymore. Obviously, that was something that they did quite a bit under Nick Nurse. That became Nick's calling card was to come out with those janky defenses or whatever. You haven't seen as much of that this year. And you see the Raptors really guard a lot better this year. However, in a game like this, where they just randomly throw that zone together, like, okay, the Bucks just got even more wide open threes against that zone. And, you know, it's it, sometimes when you're going to zone like that, what you're really trying to say is we can't contain dribble penetration at all. We can't guard a simple pick and roll and not have somebody get downhill on us. And so we need to play a zone so that we ensure that we have rent protection and that we ensure that we have people in the lane. Well, what that does is just it just adds fuel to the fire for a team that was really hot for three today. And even though the Raptors cut it down to as, as close to 14 points, so, you know, they trimmed it from 33 to 14. Um 
A, they barely had to force Dame to come back into the game. So to me, like, I, that doesn't matter how much of the lead you eat into. Like, you were, the Bucks had another gear by putting Dame back into the game. But also, like, when they got it down to 14, the Bucks just kept getting wide open threes. Malik Beasley with the threes. Brooke Lopez with the three. Like, you know, like, it, it's just, yeah, I mean, you play that zone, but they know how to beat a zone. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's just It's just really shocking to see the Raptors come out this poor defensively. And um, I would say that, you know, for me, uh, they didn't come out. The starters did not come out with great energy to the point where Darko actually changed up his starting lineup for the second half. He benched Yaka Pertl for the second half. And I think it did actually improve his play. He came back, you know, was pretty strong with the second unit. But, like, Yaka is a guy that the Raptors traded a first-round pick for uh, who, you know, we've already seen multiple times this season where Darko has closed games without him on the floor, who they re-signed to on a four-year deal, who... In a game like this, especially in the first half, missing layups. Like, when was the last time Yaka won up strong, honestly, right? Like, we know he has touch. We know he has, uh, you know, he, he knows how to play angles. But, like, come on. How many times is he going to shank layups when they're right there to be dunked? Uh, how many times is he going to be slow on the defensive assignment against Damian Lillard? How many times is he going to be contesting at the basket and guys driving straight through him? That's not the top 10 center that Masai said that he was trading for and trying to re-sign, right? That, that is not what we are seeing on the floor. There is no way in the world you could look at this performance and say that that's a top 10 center. And to the point where Darko has not finished a lot of games with him on the game. And now he's taken it one step further and starting the second half, he didn't even have him on the floor. He went with Precious at center to start the second half, even though Precious wasn't even having that great of a game. Precious came in the game, made his usual mistakes, settled in a little bit in the second quarter and start the third quarter, Precious starting the game. Like the fact that you have to, do that already in the season really shows you how much they're struggling. Now, of course, we said in the fourth quarter, if there's any positives, it was Scotty Barnes leading the fourth quarter group with um, Jakob. And Jakob played decent, and Scotty played really, really well. Um, so there was a bit of a response. Whether you want to say that that's because of the lineup change, whether that's when you want to say that's because, I don't know, Darko benched Jakob and he, he brought more fire out of him, I don't know. But, like, I think that at least you saw a bit of a spark, but I mean, long term, it's not like you're not going to start Jakob, right? So this is just a temporary thing that you've done for one game. And who knows? Maybe it changes your rotations a little bit. Maybe that, you know, uh, Darko does like this look and plays Scotty with Jakob a little bit more often. Um, but ultimately, I would just say that, like, yeah, it, look, Jakob was the only guy who's making mistakes defensively. You know, Pascal left some three point shooters open. Um, you know, I seem like Dennis was really confused as to sort of like which direction to push Dame towards um, defensively. Dennis, you know, was a questionable coming into this game and he ultimately decided to give it a go. He had hurt his knee, but, you know, did very little in terms of like changing and flipping Dame and pressuring him. I thought he did a way, way better job of guarding Dame at the point of attack uh, when they first met two weeks ago. And then the Raptors started Grady Dick, which I get it for shooting purposes. You kind of need to, but the amount of rookie mistakes that he's making out there, I mean, you're just not going to win. Like, you're not really going to win his minutes, especially against opposing starters. That's one of the things, too. You start a player, you're going against the opposing team starters. Like, it's a very basic thing, but you could play Grady more against bench lineups, but you start him, and the amount of errors, they really start to add up. So, Raps really got off to a poor start, and uh, they never recovered. I mean, they never really figured out their defense. And in terms of the, you know, in terms of the offense, well, listen, you could see this coming from a mile away, right? Pascal, the last couple of games, whether it was against Dallas uh, or whether it was against um, Washington, 
he was going to be able to get down low and, you know, play through the post, not much rim protection, not very disciplined defensive groups, and be able to really, really make his impact on that side of the floor in terms of just getting into the paint. But the last other two games where you see against Boston, where they do have really good rim protection and also really good uh, perimeter defenders, and this one where Milwaukee decided, they came to their senses. Last time the Raptors played Milwaukee when they were here, they were like, okay, Brooke Lopez, you're going to chase out to the three-point line and you're going to run around and double team. Like, that was stupid. That was just stupid. That's just not a way to play him defensively. He's 35 years old and he's slow as molasses, but he is great around the basket. And he basically just parked himself in the paint the entire game. And it took away so much of what Pascal wanted to do around the basket. Because, again, like all the chances that he had, he wasn't really going to those. And he wasn't going to the jumper at all, which, you know, I don't I, I don't mind if he doesn't shoot the three right now just because of the fact that he's been really misfiring. 0 for 2 for 3 for Pascal today. But, like, we need to be able to, like, at least see Pascal use the mid-range game to open up some space, especially when there is always Jacoperto parked underneath the basket. Now, I think, you know, to, to uh, a point that was interesting to me today was watching how um, against the same coverage with Jacoperto, you know, sitting in the paint, um, Scotty did a much better job of getting Yak involved, and 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 you know, it's it's interesting because Pascal and Yak have always had some pretty good chemistry dating back to when they were were first teammates uh, back in 2017, 2018, that range. Um, you know, they had the Yak and skills kind of thing. But recently, when you watch it, you're like, okay, it feels like you know Yak's man is always getting into Pascal's way, and the Raptors aren't able to capitalize on this sort of like double team or whatever. Um, you saw in the fourth quarter, Scotty connecting with Yak over and over and over again. And it, I think with me, it was just watching Scotty go super hard to the basket. Um, a, he's stronger, but also I think his handle was tighter. And he was just getting into tighter spots, forcing Brooke Lopez to fully commit to the rotation. And that pulled Yak open. And look, listen, Yak also did a better job of catching and finishing, which is something that he really struggled with in the first half. Um, so it's not entirely just on the fact that Scotty did a better job delivering. But I think that's like 80% of what made that partnership work. And it's interesting watching it because, you know, outside of a couple possessions, it doesn't really feel like, um, you know, Yak and Pascal are really like fluidly working through things. Like maybe if they're drawing up specific sets where they're at specific points of the floor where Pascal could duck in with no rim protection and then, you know, Yak could find him or Pascal can <clears throat> drive and, you know, have, Jakob relocates slightly for a better angle for a catch, and then he gets them. But like, it, it feels very labored each time. Versus like when you see Scotty running the pick and roll today, he actually just found Yak by driving, drawing two, and then making the right passes out to him. So it's interesting watching that chemistry work because it really did neutralize Pascal in this game, but it did not do that against Scotty Barnes. So I, I will say that that was the most positive part of this game, and that's part of the well, that's the main reason why the Raptors were able to cut it. Um, you know down to, I wouldn't even say respectable, man. I mean, like, I don't know. Cutting it down to 33 to 14 is is not necessarily, you know, changing the game at all. But at the same time, like, I mean, it is significant to me in the sense that they played better. Their process was a lot better together. So that was it. But, I mean, otherwise, I think offensively, the Raptors had so many issues, um, as they usually do. I mean, number one three-point shooting, once again, was poor. 9 of 33 from the field. Um, you know, uh, it, it just... it. it it's also the timely ones were not really made, you know, like the timely ones weren't converted. You didn't see that like, okay, uh, after like, you know, a huge offensive rebound and you reset and someone's wide open and the whole crowd's going, oh, and an anticipation moment where you're like, maybe get some momentum by making that kind of hustle play and getting rewarded. Those threes were always constantly missed. And so it created the opposite. It was a deflating feeling of like, 
you know, honestly, at the time to the third quarter, I felt like there was a lid on the rim for the Raptors, um, even when they did get open threes. But, you know, some of it is, too. It's just like, look, there's shooters in the starting group right now. It's like Scotty's like, confidently stepping into them. And today was great, 3 of 3 from, from 3. You literally can't ask for better than that. Um, but, like, obviously, Yak's not spacing the floor. Pascal's not spacing the floor at all. Pascal's in a wicked shooting slump. And so then you got Dennis and Grady. And, like, Dennis has historically been an average three-point shooter. And he started the season hot. He's got a bad knee right now from getting a bump in the previous game. You know, he wasn't giving you that many today. And he had some wide open ones. He couldn't knock them down today. You know, I'll give him a pass just because we've seen him start the season well from three. Grady, I'll give him a pass too because he's a rookie. But at the same time, you're going back to a scenario where you now all of a sudden have very little three-point shooting again. And last game against Washington, they literally had the whole starting five not make a single three. And they, so they promoted Grady, who had two threes in one game. Well, in this game, first off, he goes two of ten from the field, which I'm not even so much worried about that that kind of process. But there's lots of opportunities where he should be taking a three and he passes it up. He dribbles into a harder opportunity. All right, sometimes where you know he has an opportunity to to play make, uh, but he makes the wrong pass, or that he has an opportunity to score, but he tries to force another pass, it doesn't go in. Like the, there's just lots and lots of rookie mistakes out there. Like uh, Grady was a big minus out there tonight and then defensively not only does he get targeted a little bit but like it's just not enough to to sort of overcome some of the things that he was able to do now he did get to the foul line he, i thought he played hard he wants the basket hard took some punishment I, I think he even got banged up a little bit so i appreciate the effort and, and and the hustle but i mean it's very clear that he was overmatched in a game like this and this wasn't necessarily a difficult assignment to cover like you know you know, covering Malik Beasley, for example, is not exactly the hardest thing in the world, but it made it look difficult when he had 30 and and Grady was just making rookie mistakes, you know. But that was an ass, that was an issue. I think the bench coming in, um, you know, once again creating very little of a spark, um, you know, for that second unit. Uh Chris and Precious in the first quarter making a lot of mistakes, kind of overlapping solid mistakes where you know, defensively, offensively, the, the judgment just wasn't really um, good and the decision-making process wasn't good. I thought they both settled in after that, but when they first came into the game, it was pretty shocking to see sort of the the, the drop in level. Um, McDaniels, once again, getting extended run. And yeah, he was a plus 21 in this game. That's really deceptive to me. There's a lot of opportunities where he missed. Um, and yeah, I mean, even though he got 10 shots up in 18 minutes, it felt like offensively it was a real struggle for him to um, create like there were a lot of times where he was trying to attack off the dribble and he either couldn't really get the t- handle tight enough to get to the edge or to, to use some quickness to, to get downhill. Like a lot of his you know drives end up just being curved off and he's not touching the paint and uh, it's forcing the Raptors offense to reset. But listen, I mean, it, it's not like they got anything else offensively off the bench. I thought Precious actually settled in towards the, 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 the second half of the second quarter and did a really good job of getting open, you know, making some hustle plays. Uh, unfortunately, defensively, they didn't really provide enough as a group either. But, you know, I, I thought Precious at least was was better than the first game against Washington where he came back from injury, and hopefully he continues to ramp up and get better and better. It's a pretty important piece. But, you know, besides that, like, who are you really looking for? Like, you know, Malachi coming in the game, he had a really awful night from 3, 0 for 8. He had a lot of those, like, wide open momentum, potentially shifting threes, and he just missed literally all of them. Uh, and then Otto came in for 11 minutes, and it just didn't really feel like he had any impact on the game. Um, I, you know, they didn't really run any plays to get him open threes, but also he didn't really do enough in terms of like you know playing defense or boxing out or anything. Like he literally played 11 minutes, got one rebound, and that was it. And, and so, you know, when you when you have those kind of nights, it, it's just difficult. Pascal neutralized because it's an opposing shot blocker. Nothing coming off your bench, and uh, yeah, ultimately you look at. Um, 
you look at this game and uh, there just wasn't really enough at all um, to to sort of beat a team with Damian Lillard playing great. Like this is probably his best game for the Bucks, if not maybe the home maybe the home opener or the season opener where they beat the Sixers um, and Dame went supernova down the stretch. Like, but like honestly, this game he created like. 80% of their offense and it's just disappointing to me that the Raptors defense got punctured over and over and over again on on like at least force the Bucks to adjust like obviously Dame's good enough to adjust and still beat you right but they didn't even make him adjust like there was a simple thing of just he would this he would attack off a high screen one screen maybe two screens and they would just get downhill and he would just create open opportunities and I feel like I'm repeating myself but you know it just that's that's what the game felt like it was just a repeat of the exact second play over and over again I don't want to belabor this point all that much, so um, I'm just going to try to wrap it here. But uh, your three stars from tonight's performance. I mean, Scotty was definitely number one. Scotty played great um, overall. I, I mean, even though he took a bit of punishment or whatever, but, you know, he still played a really, really good game. It wasn't enough to change this game. No, but offensively, I love the fact that he was putting pressure, getting downhill, driving, creating. Um, you know, it was great to see. Um, it was great to see Scotty um, play through contact against you know, Brooke Lopez, because Brooke Lopez had a ton of blocks. Like, he had literally had seven blocks today, and a lot of those were, like, Grady driving into him or, like, McDaniels driving into him, Pascal driving into him. Like, they weren't going anywhere. Yak, you know, going soft against them. Scotty just, like, powers through Brooke Lopez, and it's something that's similar to what happened last year when the Bucks played in Toronto where, you know, uh, they were really struggling in that game, and they also made that furious comeback led by Scotty. It was the same fashion. Scotty is not afraid of Brooke Lopez at the basket, which is absurd to me because, like, Brooke Lopez is genuinely one of the top three rim protectors in the entire league especially when he just camped out in the lane ready to, ready for you on the drive and scotty found different ways to finish angles some using some strength using some length using some quickness using some you know uh, clever ideas drawing the foul like he actually just got downhill so many times especially in that fourth quarter and it was really impressive to watch uh, of course i'm very happy to see three of three from three as well but nine rebounds, seven assists. A lot of those were to Yak. Him running the pick and roll with Yak actually worked. I mean, Dennis couldn't get Yak open. Pascal couldn't get Yak open. Yak, you know, Yak was kind of in Pascal and Dennis's way. But somehow, Scotty was able to make it work. I think what that tells you is that his playmaking is on a different level from those other guys, especially in this game. So Scotty's getting your first star. Your second star, I mean, it's a real struggle to find a second star. Uh, if I if I had to pick a second star, um. I would just, oh man, I guess I'll go with Pascal, but like it, this is below average, very below average for his for his standards. 11 points, 4 of 9 shooting, 0 of 2 from 3, 3 of 5 from the free throw. Like, like he did good things offensively. He did generate enough for the Raptors, I think. Well, not enough. He, he generated more than others, you know, compare, outside from Scotty, but like you needed more than this. And uh, 11, 7, and 5 is nothing to write home about, especially for a player of Pascal's talents. I mean, right now it just seems like his game is so limited to just only play around the basket. And, like, that's going to be schemed out by a lot of teams. Like, Boston's going to have no issues guarding that, um, for example, on Friday. And, and Detroit might even have no issues guarding that because all they have is big centers and actually some pretty, you know, surprisingly athletic uh, wing players who can really guard. So, you know, if if that's all that he can really do, then, you know, it's a really situational kind of, like, effect that he's having on the game right now. Certain games he's going to have an awesome game, like he did against Washington against Dallas, but that's entirely dependent on the defense and a star kind of changes the defense or bends the defense or forces them to make compromises in a way that Pascal's not really doing in his current skill set. Um, you know, I think that he needs to trust the mid range jumper a, a lot more. Um, he needs to trust that he can get to that shot. Um, and you know, like 
he's got also got to look for Yak a lot more. And then it's up for Yak to get open too. Like it's not just like only on Pascal, but ultimately, like if that two man chem- chemistry doesn't work out, then I don't know. You know, like you can't just leave him playing by himself. And um, especially if by himself is context dependent based on how many shot blockers on the floor. But if I had to say a second best player was Pascal. So uh, he's getting your second star kind of reluctantly. And then your third star, honestly, from my heart, I'm just going to give it to Marquise Noel. Uh, he got his first career points in the league, uh, 202 from the free throw line. Got absolutely swallowed up on drives. Like, it was kind of, you know, it, it looked unfair to see Noel drive, and then he's kind of got a step on his man, and he drives, and then, you know, Robin Lopez is seven feet, and he's five foot six, and it's like, oh, wow, this is not going to work. But, um, you know, a, a steal a, 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 for a dime for, for a dunk, I mean, you know, he made his debut and actually was entertaining for those four minutes. So for entertaining the crowd, I'm going to give it to Marquise Noel as the third star. But congrats to Marquise for making his debut. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, 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 this was a tough one. This was a really tough one. The Raptors had a good opportunity to play here. And I understand Milwaukee was motivated after getting beat here. But the Raptors defensively were so, so bad. And uh, that has to be their calling card. Because we know they are just usually bad on offense, especially without their top shooters in OG and Gary. So you're going to need to guard and they did not guard and um, that's got to be fixed. So we'll see what they say at practice tomorrow, but that does it for the podcast. Thanks everyone for listening. Please continue to rate review, subscribe to the Raptors show. And uh, yeah, we will have, we have a big interview coming for you tomorrow. Uh, and I mean it. So uh, tune in then.